Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. So as part of our series on canny cross events, today we are chatting to the Vice President for Sport from the British Sled Dog Sports Federation. We're really pleased to have them on just to give us a an idea of you know what their race series is about and how you can qualify to race internationally. But it did raise a lot of other issues, didn't it, Louise? Amazing. We've got so many ideas for future podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michelle and I were both scribbling down ideas as we were going through it. Um, but I, I think what's positive, there's been a lot of um issues I think with the BSSF over the past couple of years for for whatever reasons not even going to go into that but I I was really pleased to see what they're trying they've recognized that and what they're trying to do to make it more of um, you know the sort of high level sport and and to encourage people into the sport as well so it's fascinating we didn't actually go down our questions at all that we usually have for these for this for this one did we it sort of went all over the place yeah there's some really interesting information in there there's some new information in there as a dog owner that you will hopefully appreciate um but please do let us know your thoughts he also uh, howard also asked us about venues so listen at the end we talk about that so do let us know any venues that um they might be able to use because they're always on the lookout so um yeah it was interesting so let's stop waffling and let's go and listen to the episode Hello, welcome to Canny Cross Conversations. Today we're joined by Howard Clark, who is the Vice President for Sport at the BSSF and also the Head of Team K9 Velocity. We're really excited to have Howard on with us today to tell us all about the BSSF's plans. So welcome, Howard. Thank you. Do you want to just introduce no. yourself a little bit and tell our listeners about yourself? No, thanks very much, team. Uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm Howard. As uh, as already mentioned, I'm the, the newly elected Vice President for Sport of the British Sled Dog Sports Federation. And as you've also said, I'm uh, sort of the team captain for our uh, Team K9 Velocity. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been great. Come on, no, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> nah, it's all right. No, it's great. It's, I say it's great to be uh, invited to chat with you. Well, we've been doing our Canny Cross event series, so it's um, important that the BSSF is yeah. there. As you say, it's a British sledge, uh, whatever, association. I've said that all wrong, haven't I? You have. What is it? <laughs> British Sledge Dog Sports Federation, is that right? Yeah. 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 Sled Dog, yeah. Sled Dog. Sorry. <laughs> right. Wrap on the hand. So, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so, you are... What, was it was it one of the first associations to be done? Um, is it? It's the main one, isn't it? So that we can go and travel abroad and, and event abroad. How does it work? It, yeah, it's, there's a bit of a history all behind this, how it all came about. But all to, the idea is that the, the British Sled Dog Sports Federation (BSSF) the, the ultimate is for us to be to become the national governing body for canny sports or for all types of mushing. And yes, we are the avenue to for people to then compete in uh, international competitions through the ICF, 
the International Canicross Federation or the International uh, Federation for Sled Dog Sports, the IFSS, or even groups like the WSA, which is the World Sled Dog Association. Lots of initials. There yes. are, yeah. Yeah, plenty of TLAs and FLAs. <laughs> so it can seem complicated, but basically, if people come and race at your events, they can then potentially qualify to race. That, yeah. yeah, that's the whole idea. Is that through yeah. a, a federation like ourselves, then you can then compete at these uh, international events. So, can anyone come and do your events? We'll talk about your events a little, you know, as we move on. But just as we're here, can anyone come and do them, or have to? Uh, Ideally, you know, it is the national championships. So really, it's not really a scene for pure beginners. Right. Because we want people to be to have experience and be of a standard you know, to, to compete. Because ultimately, you're competing to be the national champion and to represent Team GB overseas. We are looking, though, at putting on a fourth event this year, which will be for those who want to have a taste of what it's like to compete at a national championships, we want to open up those doors and not preclude you know, beginners or people who aren't so certain or sure about whether or not they should be competing. So how do people get to do your events and what do they have to do to, I suppose, qualify to come and, and run at a BSF? Or- well, officially it says, you know, they've got to show that they, they've been competing uh, at events for a, for the previous season. Um I have to admit, though, how we can validate that is intriguing and a good question for people to ask. Okay. But, um, but, but so, so yeah. But you know, we're not we're not necessarily hard and fast over it. But one of the reasons why we ask for this is trying to cram all these races, all these different classes of races, into one day is pretty difficult. So if you've got people who aren't quite as quick as others, and and you know, and it's it's spreading out the time, it, we're less likely to get races fit into the daylight and that's the problem isn't it with, with a winter sport you have less time to actually get everything done uh, and, and as it is we probably already race start racing from first light like at half seven eight o'clock in the morning we won't be finishing until nearly three in the afternoon so and that's with you know, you know the, the top people and if you get more and more people entering which hopefully we will then you know, you've got to the days are going to get longer so that that's part of the reason why uh, we we want people are certain experience really to be competing at these events and do you just do canicross or do you do in the the wheels as well we so do it- the whole lot yeah we we're looking so it's canicross the bike jaw scoot and the rigs and the rigs of all the different size teams as well from two dog up to i think it's eight dog at the moment that we look at and obviously we've open and, and, and nordic breeds as well brilliant so Rigs, are there many people? Because we've had, I can't remember who it was, Michelle. We've had um Asher Hams. Yeah. That's right, yes. Yeah. Are there many people doing it now or not? Hopefully, uh, with the removal of the vaccination rule, <laughs> yes, there'll be more who will undertake the rigs because they're the ones that are more heavily affected by that uh, requirement, which we've uh, which has now been voted out. So I hope that opened the doors for more people to come and compete on the rigs. So just talk to us about, we, we talked briefly before we started recording about vaccinations, because I didn't actually know this. I don't know if you, well, Michelle, Michelle hasn't started racing yet. I haven't done any races, so I'm uh, I'm completely oblivious to this. But yes, people um, may want to be aware that you've you've recently changed your rules around vaccinations for dogs. That, 
Yeah, that's right. So at this moment in time, the only requirement is that people basically have got the initial puppy vaccinations for their dogs. Yes, uh, so the, the basic vaccinations there. There is no longer a requirement for dogs to have the kennel cough vaccination to compete at our races. Um, and it, the reason, yeah, I was going to say, and the reason you did that was because it's because essentially we was it was stipulating that every dog that went to an event had to have the kennel cough vaccination, but not you know, not every dog would race. And for many of these, the rigs, rig teams, you know, they could have 20, 30 dogs and only, say, eight, eight could be racing. And therefore, the cost for them to get all the dogs vaccinated is going to be huge and precluded them, essentially, from competing. Uh, and therefore, you know, that wasn't really fair. So uh, we thought, well, actually, that we, we need to review this. We put this up for the vote at the, at the last AGM. And the membership um, voted it out uh, to basically say, yeah, yeah, it's just the basic vaccination. And hopefully by that, more people come in. Uh, plus, as many people uh, will know, the, the kennel cough is a bit like the flu jab for us as humans. It doesn't cover every variant of kennel cough. Yes, it can reduce the symptoms quite a lot, but its efficacy across the board isn't 100%. And, and I say, for many people, the, the, the cost just prevented them from competing. Uh, and that isn't that was that almost went against one of the visions of the British Sled Dog uh, Sports Federation, which is to grow the sport. And if you're going to have something that's going to stop that, then actually you're already failing in one of your visions in, in building and um, promoting the sport of, uh, of uh, mushing and, and canny sports as a whole. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So... But if we, and we'll come back to all the other things that we need to talk about, but if people are then qualify, so how do people qualify at a BSF event to go abroad? And we'll come back oh, to that. Well, that's also stipulated by the organisation who you're racing for. Uh, so for IFSS, they actually state they should be uh, in the top three of the national championships to then be selected. And obviously, mm-hmm. then if you... If one of those top three can't make it in each of the different classes, you can then go down the ranking order and invite them to compete. Uh, ICF is a little bit more lenient in that respect, and basically you know, will come to say how many people want to compete. Re- really, to compete, they've got to be a member of the BSSF, right? And then also, and, and also, preferably, have competed at an event as well, so that we know they're of that sort of standard to go and partake in those uh, participate in those events overseas so there are some rules we do have a selection uh, criteria it probably take the next day to try and talk through it uh, (laughs) but it can be a bit complicated and that's one of the things as well I think we're going to review with the membership is how we do how we do selection uh, and, and potentially look at other ways that we can get so we say collect information as to who is who who is number one and number two. So we say in the in the country in terms of rankings, you almost need to. I'm just thinking about you know sort of I I race with Canny Cross Midlands and it's almost like you need to get information from them, don't you, to to see who's out there and who's uh, yeah, and and that's without you know, giving ideas of what we're thinking about. That is potentially one way of doing it. It's in my in my head at the moment how to yeah. do it, but we've got to look at. We've got to look at everything because, yeah, we've got to understand 
they've got for us they've got to be a club that's affiliated or in my opinion affiliated to the British uh, Sled Dog Sports Federation and then we can then understand their series but some clubs do eight races in the series some might only do four some might do ten so we need to have an even keel where you know in, in each club it's maybe the same number of races yeah that then could count as points towards you know uh, national ranking, shall we say? Yeah. Um, the IFSS do something similar. They've got to have a World Cup series, and when you compete in races that have got a World Cup status, which is what our national championship races are. So when we put when we announce the race, we'll then apply to the IFSS for World Cup status, and it means people who race at that will get World Cup points. Yeah, and if and then they'll go in and then they'll go into a ranking globally of where they are in terms of you know number one etc in each of the different classes and that might be something we need, we're going to look at in terms of nationally but as I said at the moment the priority is to get some some races on this season and then start looking at how we're going to develop things over the next few years yeah so yeah well should we should we talk about your races then yeah. and, yeah, and sure. what's happening this season um, I mean yeah. let's just start with do people need to actually have a qualifying time I know you said they need to be competitive no they we haven't got that sort of stipulation no. I don't think we really want to go to that because yeah let's be honest every course in the country is different and the conditions are different so I think that'd be a bit false to have a qualifying yeah. time and at the moment, we just want them to, you know, to at least have experience of race yeah. of racing. It, it, it isn't really the sort of place to come and and undertake your very first race ever, if if I'm yeah. honest. Okay. Uh, um, so we we want them to have some experience, and, and we prefer them to have at least a years uh, a years experience or a season's experience of uh, of competing. So what have you got going on then? Just. Um... Yes, yeah, so our uh, our first race is uh, the 16th to the 17th of December this year, and that'll be at Thetford Forest and specifically Cranich Wood. Uh, it's it's Forestry Commission run, and it's a great uh, great trails there, a mix of uh, forest trails and uh, you know, and nice grass uh, areas as well, uh, fairly flat, which people will be quite pleased about. And uh, it's a, a regular venue for the BSSF to use a, a part of Thetford Forest. And is it, um, how technical is it? Because obviously, if it's just canny cross, it could be a lot more technical, I assume. Um, but you've got wheels and stuff. Yeah, it's not too technical. It's the, the trails are fairly wide and they've got, you know, good long stretches. And obviously, there's there's a few turns as well. But we, as you say, we have to consider, you know, you know the, the six, the big dog teams, like the eight dog rigs and how they're going to get around the course as well. Uh, so at the moment, it, it is... And that's another thing we may have to look at in the future. You know, we, we've got the one route that caters for all. Are there options in the future where we could have routes for the one dog teams as well as a route for the multi-dog, you know, the, the big dog teams where we could have a bit more variety and, and, and make maybe make like the Canacross events that little bit more challenging for people as opposed to it being pure power and speed to get around the course. And do they do that over in Europe? So if they, you know, if they qualify to go to the world or whatever, are, are their trails similar to what you do in the UK or are they different? Yeah, there's a mix. Um, on the whole, they tend to, again, just be the one course. But, uh, you know, you can go to some places where they might actually have a variation where partway round there could be a turn off that may, makes it the big dog team's course. Whereas the other, whereas the one dog, so you know, you're biting, scooting, you're kind of crossing with one dog, 
could follow a, a slightly more technical route. So it, it, it varies. It's not, it's not hard and fast that there's just one course or there's multiple courses, but it, it's something for us to consider in the future. But at the moment, we're trying to keep it simple to get some races <laughs> on. Because, again, we're all volunteers on the, on the yeah. council, you know, and, and you know, many of us don't actually live right there. So it's getting there. It's setting the courses up. And if you make it too complicated, then you just – you just you just make it hard on ourselves to set something up and then also put on a good event for people to enjoy. So what other events have you got, races? So then the next race after that is uh, a little bit further north in uh, Dolby Forest, which is near Scarborough, and that's the 6th to the 7th of January. Uh, again, that's a, a really nice, really nice forest with a good mix of terrain and it has some little lumps and bumps in it. It's a bit so it hilly, makes it a bit isn't it? Challenging yeah. for people. Yeah, it's a bit hillier there, yes. <laughs> And uh, so we're uh, working with a team up there to put a course on uh, um, a good, a decent course up there. And then our third race now is, uh, as, as I mentioned before, is uh, is down south now, unfortunately, because of the um, the issues of IFSS and when their dates are, we had to move it. So we're now on the 17th to the 18th of February of next year at uh, Hinton Admiral, which is near Christchurch. Uh, and that's private land, but that is a, again a, a good course. It's in a forestry. It's got forest trails and and pine uh, and pine trails and good old grass, and that and that can be quite uh, some technical bits. But again, it's suitable for all classes. Fantastic! Sounds exciting. So people have got to to qualify to, to go abroad. They've got to do the three races, have they? Or they've just got to two? Uh, to to for the national championships. Uh, we say you've got to. So there's so there's three events for the six races because you race Saturday, Sunday, yeah. So you've got the six races, and to basically qualify for a national championship and the rankings, you've got to do four of the races. Right. Yeah. So we don't yeah. necessarily don't, so we deliberately don't state do two events because you could do one race at one, two at another, and one race at the third event, and get your four. So it's mm-hmm. to do four races and then look at the total of that, and you get your national ranking from there. And how do you do your starts? Are they uh individual starts or a yes they start? are so there are in, we don't do uh, mass starts and don't because many of the places we go to cannot accommodate a mass start because you haven't got the big field to start off and go in yeah. plus you know the, the mass starts you know there there are there are skill on their own uh and, and many dogs you know, don't really like the mass starts so we tend not to do those and so we do it the intervals of starts so you're looking at two minutes uh, bet- between the big dog teams and right around it's one minute between the the, the one dog wheels and uh, we usually I think it's, uh, we, we can vary between 30 seconds and a minute for canny cross oh, really? uh, but it, but that can be uh, that can well we look we have to look at the course and the timings and things but uh, we try and we try and stick to internationally they try and stick to one minute and uh, so uh, that's what we tend to try and do ourselves try and keep to the IFSS rules unless the number of starts prevents us from doing that because we need to try and get everybody finished in daylight hours. Yeah, well, that's that was going to be my next question. How many competitors do you get on an average day? Oh uh, well, in the past, it's been at least a hundred different competitors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we hopefully with the change in rules and and you know with this you know this uh, podcast etc. We might get more, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know hundred is usually sort of the sort of ballpark figure. But if we get more than that, that's that's great. The more the merrier, really, uh, to yeah. to help promote this sport. 
I know, and it's really, uh, and I think by the sound of it, if you get to run a BSSF race, you, you're sort of doing quite well, really, aren't you? And well, exactly, and people get to understand where they are, and and, and it's and it's good, friendly competition as well. There's there's no there's no you know, malice or anything in the races. Uh, it's all good, good banter, good, friendly competition because we're all doing it for the for the love of the sport and for our dogs. It's all for the same reason because we enjoy it. And and the bonus is that if you do well uh, and you know, you get your confidence, up, you think actually I could compete internationally, and uh, you know and that's great. It's a great experience to do that. So what are I'm asking this for a friend, no, for me. Um, what, are, <laughs> what are the age ranges that you use? Because I've got a bit of a problem with this. So we've been doing a Canicross event series, which you've probably heard quite a few of, and I have uh, a bit of an issue with some of the age. Age bar- uh, age ranges. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, we're now following what <laughs> I know. So we're, mm-hmm. we're now, so IFSS have recently changed this, and that's why they now have not just a world championship, but they have the mm-hmm. world masters, uh, which are also in, and and the ICF have followed suit as well. Yeah. So yeah. Or, so at the moment you've got you've got so you've got the juniors. So that's obviously uh, kids under eighteen. Yeah, to uh, for, for that for uh, for their groups, and then you've got eighteen to thirty nine, which is quite a large group. Mm, yeah, that is a large group. Uh, now <laughs> there are there, ICF intriguingly are doing some research into whether or not to break that down and make that sort of eighteen to twenty nine and thirty to thirty nine. I think um, that's so much better because your body changes it, it, so it, much it, in that it, time. It, it does, but. Let, let's put this into a let's have another consideration in here how many 18 to 29 year olds have got their own dog and 18 to 29 where are most of those that age group university college trying to get a job uh, starting life in a lot of places the last thing on mind generally is competing with dogs and if you look at in the uk how many 18 to 29 year olds are there who compete regularly at midlands mechanics etc it's quite a small number uh, if you look at it in that way and 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 that's and that's actually a problem europe wide uh, yeah. and this yeah. this is experience there as well because generally when you're a young kid you you get into it because your parents have got a dog there's a family dog and they and somebody else is already doing it and then you the child then gets involved but as they grow up you know, they get to experience new things and so you tend to find they they their their enthusiasm for it often wanes and it, and and they drop off it and they might come back to it in their thirties yeah you know, okay. and so on so if there's a lot there's a lot you know it'd be interested to see what the results are from ICF doing some yeah. research amongst all their uh, member federations and to see what see whether or not there's any uptake for splitting it but at this moment of time it is eighteen to thirty nine for that age group okay uh, and obviously that's male okay. and female. And yeah. then you've got 40 to 49, 50 to 59, 60 uh, to 60. I think it's 60 plus, I think, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, so you've got quite – so they've broken it all up, all out there. Because actually, the, the, as you go – as you get to the sort of 40s and 50s, those age groups, there's more and more people doing it. Yeah. And in some respects, they're almost as competitive, not mm-hmm. more so, than the, the senior group. Oh, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, – so yes, well, I'm in one of the top groups, so there we are. <laughs> all the oh, old days, yes, yeah. I'm but on the wrong side. 
So County Cross Midlands, sorry, County Cross Midlands, but I'm just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> they go, I, I think, but I think this is what happens. They go 50 plus. And there's not, I don't, I don't think it's 50. I thought it was 40 plus. Is it not 40 yeah, plus? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Right. No, it's, think, 50, but, it's 50. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to, but you've got to consider from their perspective, they actually put a lot more classes on. Yeah, and, and in some respects, you know, if you look at what they're doing, they're more it is more of the grassroots orientation, yeah. you know, where you've got odds and bods and you've got, um, you know, have a goes and all this sort of stuff going yeah. on. So they're looking at it from that perspective rather than the age aspect. And they so, do a fantastic yeah. job. Let me just put that out there. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you, you've got, so, you know, I mean, we we follow what IFSS sets and we don't necessarily, you know, as I say, the, the vision of the BISEP is to be, a national governing body, which obviously means at the moment in time we are not an NGB because to be an NGB, you need to secure you know, a certain status within Sports England. And that's right. that could be an entirely complete podcast for yourself. They discuss yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. So, uh, so and, and that's the thing. We're at a point where we want to be this, but we can't be it at the moment. So how do we, you know, we've got to get ourselves an identity and get us to that status. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, for, for the, you know, we, but we also need to think about the grassroots elements, and so for so for clubs to get out there and provide opportunities and look at different ways to grow the sport, then that's great, and that's something again you know, for the the future vision is to work with clubs and look at ways of how we can do that and the, and the different methods it can be done. Uh, yeah, no, it is. There's a long way to go with it, isn't there? Just just because you mentioned Sports England, there is Canny Cross. Um, Noted as sport or not? It's not at the moment, no. So that's it's not. Re- and 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 and, and this is this is the thing. Uh, it's it's not recognised yet because then there is no national governing body for it. Uh, and how? And, and I think there's lots of discussions to be had of where we fit into the mm-hmm. whole structure if we get to that point. And I know previous councils have been investigating this and been given you know, information of how to achieve it. But you know, but we are dependent upon all. All methods, all categories of mushing, yeah, to be members in order for us to become that national governing body. Whether you're a canny crosser, a biker, scoot, or your rig, we all need to come under that umbrella and work and potentially and work together so that we can accomplish something as a national governing body. And sometimes um, the title of our of the federation, people don't necessarily agree that their dog is a sled dog. Yeah, no, and things like this, and so, and, and it's and it's almost like getting you know, explained you know, as you know, as is defined in the IFSS and other places. You know, what sled dog is defined as is basically a, a dog that does you know, that wears a harness to, to to do a sport ultimately, or worse to that effect. Yeah. But then, but then you could say, okay, you, you you could that could include walking, then hiking, and things like this. But so so there's it's trying to make people understand what the term sled dog means. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, where and ultimately, where did this sport all originate from? Uh, you know, and we got to look back at that. So, um, it, it, it's a it's one that needs to be um, discussed more, um, pushed out more with with uh, the members and the you know, interested parties, and try and and try and get ourselves into a situation where we can potentially become that national governing body, and then provide more of an oversight and help grow the sport uh, for the future. So, do, are you after people who do canny cross 
but might not race BSF to still become members? What do they get out of it? And will that help you sort of achieve what, you know, a governing body eventually? One of the big things with BSF membership is you can get insurance. Now, what many people don't realise is um, they, they race and they don't necessarily have the insurance, and, you know, especially like public liability. What if something happens with your dog and another dog? Yeah. So you, you with your so mem- you know, to become a member of BSF, it's it's thirty pounds, but that includes insurance, and that's a pretty good. You know, that's a good deal, offer. isn't it? Actually, a yeah. big deal because for many people, trying to get insurance for for doing a sport. Is very difficult to accomplish. Not many insurance companies offer it, uh, and also it can be quite pricey. Uh, and and that's and you know, they might they may be going to um, some some you know some kind of cross events, but the insurance is through that actual event. But what our insurance also offers is when you're training, covers you when you're train out training. Wow. When you, if you race at Mate Midlands, it's only for racing at Midlands. Yeah. So yeah. and so on. So uh, so yeah. So it gives you that little bit more, and the and and uh, um, the insurance you get through the BSF can also cover you for uh, um, competing internationally as well. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So it, it gives you that little bit more. So there is that benefit uh, for that. Yeah. Plus oh. also, you know, there may be benefits you know, a bit like if you if you've got Vingle Athletics, you can go to certain stores and you can get discounts on certain stores. So there are there are some additional benefits as well. But ultimately, you, you, when you you pay into the membership, it helps us to put on races for you. Yeah. Because if without it, we're stumped. We can't we can't do things. No. So um, and and then and then of course with with when you're members, you get that little bit of an offer that when you, you know, when you enter a race you get that bit of a discount compared to non-members so you don't have to be a member to race at bssf but you have to be a member if you want to go and compete overseas because that's one of the requirements from the from the international organizations that you're a member of your own national federation so basically they the international people are looking at the bss of the inter the sort of the federation that yeah. over, oversees it yes yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so. It's a bit of a, and that's why it's a bit of a, a bit of a, an, an issue that they look at us as that federation. Yet, actually, in the country, we're not actually that governing body. If you see what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. so we need to get ourselves up to there to give us that bit of, shall we say, validity, yeah, yeah. As, as an as that federation to uh, to look after the sport. No, I think that's, and I think that's really important, and I think it's really good to have you on to to be able to sort of voice that yeah. um, one of the questions that I was going to ask and we talked about ages d- do you find that most of the people that are competing abroad so getting into the world championships etc have hounds or you're a you're a hounds or have the bigger dogs mm-hmm. because that's another thing I I have a Labrador you know and she's fast I hold her back but don't we all but you know would I well, I probably would in my master's category, probably <laughs> maybe make it. But, you know, is it is because it, I often think, oh, do I need to go down that route? I don't particularly want to go down that route. And, you know, but I do you want know, to. No, you do not. No, you don't need to go down that route to to go and get a Eurohound or a Greyster. Uh, I'm definitely not. Um, if you want to you know, compete internationally, there are many people from other countries who are racing with, you know, all sorts of breeds. If I'm honest, I've, uh, last the ICF champs last year saw people racing with beagles and and um, and um, 
collies and and german shepherds and, and even even saw a rottweiler you know and, and they're out there and they're competing um i think I even saw one guy running racing a jack russell for remember as well so you know <laughs> so no so no yes the, the the bigger hounds tend to be at the front of the field and, and we're not gonna you know it'd be, it'd be wrong to to say otherwise but you know you, you know, people can still have an opportunity to represent Team GB and compete overseas with whatever breed they have, yeah, and we yeah. and we don't want to preclude people from running with any breed in the UK. And yeah, we don't want to say it's just that. I'm just going to throw something else in there. You Go should on. do a. Uh, you should uh, think about doing something that isn't a, uh, a like a UK Championship or something that isn't a pound or something. It's just a normal dog. Just to keep people. But they're all normal dogs. That's well, you know thing. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen all your dogs, Howard. <laughs> yeah, but that's well, we but we we've been there and we started and, and we mm. were racing with um Fizzlers. I was my first races with a Beagle Hound. Yeah, yeah and he and he did great. Uh, and then and then we've gone on to uh, German short short short-haired pointers, we had Vizslers. And we had a husky collie cross, and then we've we've actually transitioned to the point where we've got the we've got our Eurohounds now. And yes, we've got I know. a handful of them. Yeah, I've got got. You know, <laughs> I was a neighbour to him. Got more than how, how many yeah. have you got, <laughs> Howard? Once we got we got six Eurohounds at the moment. Wow, and that isn't necessarily all our dogs. <laughs> how, many, how, <laughs> how many dogs got, have you got? I got twelve dogs in all. Oh, wow. <laughs> We've got three three Vishlers, two German pointers, one Husky Collie Cross, and six Euros. Hey, you're mad. And I still run with and I still run with a pointer, and she's ten years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still get her out. Um, but but yeah, it's it's you know it's you know, it has become as you said you know at the national at the international at the head of the game you are looking at your Graysters and your Eurohounds you know, at the top. And and but there's still but obviously in some events there is still that Nord, you've still got the Nordic breed class and but then it's the open class and at the moment the IFSS haven't under open that's every dog yeah. right but okay. I know I know some people I know even in the UK who are running pointers and running visitors who are still at the top of the field yeah. okay so basically it's down to me and not the dog it, it, it can be yeah absolutely it's, but it's, yeah. it is a teamwork thing but there are yeah. people who who are in the top three you know, and they weren't they didn't have a eurohound or didn't have a grayster so you know it, it's a it's a team effort to do this um and, and you know people you know some have gone straight to eurohounds and graces because they want to <laughs> get to that top but any dog could get there to be honest yeah food, food for thought anyway <laughs> I just want to. I've just hit the podium. Well, I haven't hit the podium. I've been fourth for the last two seasons, and it's now great. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, as I say, I'm not competitive. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you race over two days. So it's obviously camping and everything because that's such a big part of um, of the event, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. We 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 look at all that. We look at the camping. We look at facilities are available. Mm-hmm to basically support people going there and staying there and having a great time. Uh, and so all those things are going to be considered as well you know, in terms of the events. Can, can it house you know, up to 150 people all camping or in motorhomes? Mm-hmm. And if it can't, then it might have a great route, but it hasn't got a field that's suitable for camping in the middle of winter, then actually it's not going to be a suitable venue. So there's lots of things we need to consider uh, when, when we're looking at, all, uh, uh, at putting on a venue. 
Yeah. So, so we mentioned this before we started recording earlier. You are always looking at new venues, aren't you? So yeah, um, absolutely. React to, to our yeah. listeners here. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, also we started and we tried to put some some races on, but the council is only so many people, and we only know so many venues. So there's members you know, members out there who who know of a great venue where they train or they've raced with another organisation that's suitable for hosting uh, a national champs, then, then please contact us and let us know and we'll look at it and, and look at other alternatives. And if we can have you know, numerous places to choose from, then we can start rotating the races on an annual basis and have greater potential of pulling them on in each of the home nations. Now, at the moment, that's predominantly England, Wales and Scotland. The, you know, our, our Northern Ireland you know, buddies obviously miss out at the moment. But if we know no more routes, no more potential locations, then we can have, have a better chance of putting events on in all three or hopefully four in the future. Uh, and that's what's, you know, that's been the, the restricting thing for this season is that they're all in England. And I, I, we understand some of the concerns and the and the grumblings are on out there, you know, about having to travel. But, you know, we are, you know, we might look like a small island when we look at the world map, but it is quite a big place to travel around. We've all got to travel at some point to go to these mm-hmm. events, and and we can't. We try and please all, but it's really difficult to accomplish it. But uh, you know, the future endeavours are that we will have an event in each of the, the each of the nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. if we don't know, if we only know one or two venues in each place, then we, it limits us. And if they're suddenly not available, so unfortunately, the one venue we're using, Wales, isn't available this year because there's major works going on, and and you know they offered us it, but for for the especially the big teams to get from where they were offering camping to the start was like it's a, it was a complete non-starter. You're almost going nearly a mile to get to the start, and yeah, that's not acceptable. Right. So um, so yeah, so if we know of more venues. Mm-hmm then we can go and look at it, discuss it yeah. with you know, whoever owns the land and also whoever's put on train routes there. And if it's suitable, then we'll give it a go. And that's part of the reason why we're looking at putting a fourth race on in, in a season so that we can try out new venues as well. Um, yeah. So it gives us a So whilst it not necessarily be part of the national championships, it's a race where people can, we can experience a new venue and, and beginners or the people who new to running at this level can experience the atmosphere and understand what it's all about yeah. so yeah that that'd be my one request to the to the listeners mushing and canning yeah. sport world out there is if you know anything <laughs> know any pearls of wisdom in terms of venues then please let us know and then yeah. we can look at doing that and and have greater variety for uh, for our sport Oh, well, there That's we go. Nice. What's the best way for people to contact you then, Howard? If if anybody is thinking, I know yeah, the just go, go to go to our. You, know, you can have a send us a message on uh, you know, on on Facebook Messenger. Although yeah. it will always come back saying this isn't the primary way to do it, but at least we get initial contact. Yeah. But the preferred yeah. the preferred way is is uh, is to go to the uh, to our website www.thebssf.org.uk and complete uh, the contact us form and yeah. we'll get back to you on there and then basically yeah. it's, it's emails the best way to contact us and yeah. then uh, and from that we can uh, we can investigate and we'll put all the all the um, information yes. contacts in the show notes below so just to finish off when someone's finished their race done their you know the weekend or whatever do they what do they get do they get anything apart from points to go yeah. to 
worlds. Yeah, well, yeah. So if you if you you're in the top three, then you'll get a, you'll get medals. Yeah, obviously for for each event. Yeah, and also at the end of the championships, you get the in the uh, first third. If you're in the top three, you'll get the you know, a medal to show you, you know, gold, silver, bronze for the national championships. Yeah. And everybody who competes an event will get a competitors uh, to medal to, to recognition that they took part in the national championships for that season. Um, we look we're looking at all sorts of things at the moment in terms of so it's medals at the moment, but we're also open to future ideas of you know, rosettes and maybe even looking at. Do we move the national championships from being a gold, silver, bronze medal to maybe a trophy? Uh, there's other things that we're thinking about, but at the moment it's, it's medals that we're looking at because it's already established. But uh, the, you know, it's, yes, there is something from it, and we're we're hopefully be able to announce in the near future we've got some sponsors for this year, and also there'll be some goodies as well available for those who uh, who make it onto the podium as well. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I think that's been really interesting, actually. I've learned loads. I don't know about you, Michelle. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, just the fact that BSSF membership gives you public liability insurance. I never knew that. That's really helpful. That hope that will hopefully drive your membership up a bit, Howard. <laughs> People know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully it will. Because uh, yeah. it is it is a useful thing. And there's there's not many out there that uh, offer that as well. Um, yeah. But it is a key area to cover you when you're out there training yeah as well as competing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really useful. Brilliant. Well, if anyone's got any questions or whatever, we've got, as we said earlier, the contacts are below for uh, the BSS um, team. Um, so do contact them. And uh, thank you, Howard, so much for your time for coming on. And I will see you at the next next season now, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, no. No, that's great. great for having us. And hopefully, yes, we'll see you at a BSSF race in the near future. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Hope you've enjoyed the episode and see you on the next one. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.